Thank you, Father. It's the best thing. He's the best thing. He's the best thing. He's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Oh, Jesus, you are the best thing that's ever happened to me. Jesus, you are the best thing that's ever happened to me. Hallelujah, Jesus, you are the best thing. Jesus, you are the best thing in this room tonight. Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. We glorify you. We magnify you tonight. Hallelujah. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Mm. Falling in love with Jesus. Ha ha. Falling in love with Jesus. Growing in love with Jesus. Hallelujah. Bounding in love with Jesus. Overflowing in love with Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We glorify you tonight. Praise you, Father. Isaiah 61 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. And then it says this, to comfort all who mourn. Hallelujah. I sense there's just things that people are facing. It may be sickness in your body. It could be the passing of a loved one. It could be something didn't work out the way you thought it should have worked out. But it says he comforts all who mourn. Then it says to console those, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Amen. Lord, I bring every person that's here or watching at home that are being consumed right now with oppressive thoughts being consumed with loss <clears throat> Holy Spirit you're the comforter Holy Spirit comfort right now comfort right now manifest right now on this heart manifest on the hearts right now manifest on the hearts Hallelujah. And that, that, that oppression has to leave. The oppression has to leave. The heaviness has to leave. The sense of loss, the sense of failure has to leave. It has to leave. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He, he, the Holy Spirit consoles us, consoles those that mourn. Hallelujah. And he gives them beauty for ashes. So, so he changes the environment. Hallelujah. Thank you that the, the environments of hearts changing right now. Hallelujah. And I thank you as the as the, the environment of hearts change, the very atmosphere of this room will change. The atmosphere of their house will change. Their car will change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because you've given the oil of joy for mourning. 
the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. I declare the anointing is here to break every yoke that you're experiencing right now. The anointing is here. Hallelujah. To manifest upon you and give you peace where you have not been able to get peace. The anointing is here right now and you've been battling long-standing sickness. It is broken right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The anointing is here. The anointing is here. And because the anointing is here, anything of the demonic influence cannot stay. It has to go right now. It has to go right now. Hallelujah. You come off now. You come off. Every oppressive thought, you come off now in the name of Jesus. Tormenting thoughts, you come off now. Hallelujah. 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 If you've had, if that's you and you've had that heaviness, you just lift your hands and you start praising. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what might come out of your mouth. You praise by faith. You praise by faith. Hallelujah. You may have been battling sickness and symptoms. You, you praise by faith. You praise by faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise by faith. Hallelujah. And enter into the joy of the Lord. Praise by faith and enter into the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we praise you. We thank you that the anointing is manifesting on every physical body in this place right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. I just keep pressing in. I, I just sense there's some there's some praise that needs to be released. There's some praise that needs to be released. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's by faith. It's by faith. Hallelujah. You're the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You're my healer. Hallelujah. You're pro my provider. You're my strengthener. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, said right now. You are El Elyon. You're the most high God. And I praise you tonight. Hallelujah. I praise you tonight. Oh, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Oh, Oh, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Lord. You are wonderful. You are glorious. You are magnificent. Hallelujah. You are. You are all that we have need of. You are an all in all. You perfect that which concerns me right now. Oh, you perfect that which concerns me. Oh, thank you, Father. You perfect that which concerns me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. And I enter into the joy of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise you, Father. Hey. Oh, we praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Let joy bubble up on the inside of you. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, just make a declaration of faith. Make a declaration of faith and say, I have the joy of the Lord. Say it again. Say, I have the joy of the Lord. 
Look to someone next to you and tell them, say, I have the joy of the Lord. I have the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, we praise you, Father, and we glorify you for what you're doing tonight and what you will continue to do. Hallelujah. As, As we release what you place on the inside of Pastor Annette and myself, hallelujah, we thank you, Lord, for the joy of the Lord. We have no reason to be sad. No more sad. No more sad. No more sad. We have no we have no reason to be sad. Hallelujah. 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 That's a revelation to some people right there. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're like, well, Pastor, you don't know what, what, what happened, what what took place. Yeah, there's there's the there's things that you go through and you walk through, but at the same time, even as you're walking through it, you can still possess a strength and a a faith in God in the midst of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That sadness will not overtake you. (coughs) Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We'll give someone a high five. And... High five. <coughs> high five. <laughs> Woo! Thank, Thank you. you, Lord. God is good. He is. He's so good. He is. He gives us everything we need. He does. Can I have one of those? Do you have another yeah. one? <laughs> it's all you, babe. No, it's you. You have it. <coughs> Excuse me. I'll prefer you. Jenny, do you have a cough drop for Pastor Annette? Thank you, Father. Ask and you shall receive. Amen. Amen. So we're ready to do this? We're ready to do this. Are you ready ready to hear this? (laughs) I am now. I am now. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. This is where we're kind of going to start and just really just declare this word to us because the epistles that Paul wrote to the church is, was to give them a revelation of who they are and their identity. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, In you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked, I mean, you once walked, meaning you're not walking there anymore. According to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we were by nature children of wrath just as others, but God. But God. But God, who is rich in mercy, Amen. because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Hallelujah. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love Amen. with which he loved us. Tonight we want to talk about his great love. Amen. <laughs> 
his great love. In the book of Ephesians, he goes into the next chapter and he prays for them and he prays for them and he tells them, you know, that he would, that they would know, that they would be strengthened with all might in their inner man and that they would come to a place where they would know the lengths, the depths, and the heights of God's love. Amen. To know the love of Christ that passes knowledge that they would be filled with all the fullness of God. You see, ultimately, a revelation of the love of God brings us to a place where we operate and we walk in his fullness. Amen. That we would know the love of Christ that passes knowledge that we would be filled, say filled. Filled. With all the fullness. With all the fullness. So as we talk on the love of God tonight, you know, we don't, we don't know exactly everything that's going to come out or how it will connect together, but we know that we will have a greater understanding of the love of God when we leave tonight. Amen. As we grow in this, it, yeah. don't ever get tired of studying the love of God. That's it. Don't let the love of God just go over your head and mental assent to it. Because as we grow and have a revelation of this love, it causes us to operate in all, all the fullness of God. So if I'm, I'm not operating in some things in my life, it really lets me know, wait, wait a minute, I need to grow in my revelation of his love for me. That's it. That's it. Love is, God's love is, we can talk about it. It's inexhaustible. It's, well, I mean, it's, it's not a sermon. You it's, know, it's not, no. It's not a message. It's, it's, it's a him, progression. Right? It's a progression, and this is the year of progressing. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, God's love is not something you can understand with your head. You can't. It's not like the world loves. It's something that you have to understand in your spirit. It's what your spirit receives. John 6, 63 says, The words that I speak, this is Jesus, he says, to you are spirit and they are life. His words are an invincible force of power because if we believe God's words, if we believe what the word of God says, it'll begin to work in our lives, amen, and produce what God intends for these words to produce in our life, which is abundant life, which amen. is life full of him, full of the God life, right? which is him. Now, I'm gonna talk about obviously God's love, but first we have to believe it. We have to believe that God loves us. And that's something that we cannot do, like I said, in our minds. And we have to obey God's love, be obedient to God's love. And when we are, we'll be made whole. The word of God says that love will heal us. Now, I wanna talk about receiving with your spirit, man. Um, Abraham, if you look at Romans 4.19, and I'm not, we're not going to go there in Genesis 17.19 where God was talking to Abraham. And, you know, Abraham didn't have the word of God, right? He, his faith had to come from God as God spoke to him. Those words became faith. It was something he had to believe in. And I love that it says that Abraham considered not. When God was telling them that he was going to have a child, and he was 99, almost 100, and his wife was 90 years old. It says that Abraham considered not his own body, right. which was as good as dead, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now, that word considered not, it means he didn't weaken in his faith or his belief. 
considered means he didn't observe it fully or exercise the mind, the thoughts in what was happening out here. You see, because we can hear God's word. God's word says that he loves us. But if something has happened in our lives that is contrary to that, we register it where? Here. We register it here and immediately we say, well, that can't be true then because this happened. So that's why I'm telling you, like Abraham considered not his own body. It says, but he looked unto God. And the next thing it says, he waxed strong. Now listen, when you lose focus, when you allow your thoughts to wander and you focus on the circumstance, your faith is going to be weakened and you won't wax strong. Now that's not a word or a phrase that we use, but it means he became strong spiritually. He was filled with wisdom. And we're talking about progression. So when we're talking about the love of God, I want you to be thinking this is something you have to receive in your spirit, man. Mm -hmm. It's not going to make sense here. It's something that you receive in your spirit. Amen? The Bible tells us that our spirits are regenerated and renewed. And it is the spirit of God that dwells in us. And he's distinct from our spirit. And it says in Romans 8, 16, that it's the spirit of God that testifies with our spirit that we are his children. Okay? So it's something in our spirit, something we receive in our spirit. Amen? Amen. Okay, now it says, when, he, when it says Abraham considered not, it means that he believed God in Genesis 15, 6. That word believe means it's unrestricted, without reservation, wholeheartedly, unqualified commitment to what he said. That word believe here in the Hebrew, it means a loving trust. But it also means give yourself wholly up. It means I'm on God's team. I'm on his side. Everything he said, I believe it to be true. I trust. Mm -hmm. Amen. And my life choices are going to prove it. And my conversation is going to show it. In Hebrew, believe means to be a part of him. So when it says that he considered not, it's like he drew the line. He said, I'm not looking at my circumstances anymore. God, whatever you say, whatever you say. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, because I mean, faith works by love. So faith gets its energy from. Faith works by love. So faith gets its energy from, from love. Yeah. If, so, you don't, if you don't understand love, your cell phone is dead. Okay. What do we do to get our cell yeah. phone to work? We plug it in. That's yeah. the love of God. You know, That's the spiritual force that allows your faith to work. Yeah, I know so often when we talk about life of faith, a lot of people say, oh, well, I, I just need more faith. I just need more faith. I just, I just need to get more faith. I just need to get more faith. And, and one of my Bible school instructors, they said, it's not about you getting more faith, but it's about having a revelation of the love of God. That's it. You know, and so because faith works by love. Faith gets its energy from love. My faith is not established in, in a... I, we, I think where we, we kind of hurt ourselves, lack of a better term, is the fact is we, we put our faith in an outcome. Right. And, you know, you, well, of course, we want to see the end of our faith, 
But ultimately, if maybe that one particular thing didn't come out the way you thought it did, then what happens is it's kind of like it just knocks your wind out because it's like, well, God, I guess God didn't come through because, because it, 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 it didn't, it, he doesn't love me and it didn't happen because you, we, sometimes we put our faith yeah. in, in did I get what I wanted yeah. instead of I'm his love for me and my love for him. And, and that's where people get, all of a sudden people throw in the towel and I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop serving God. I'm gonna, because, because something didn't work out the way they thought it should and instead, of, instead of just hooking up with God anyway. Hallelujah. I mean, God, this does not matter what I'm facing or what I'm going through. What Abraham got to the point was, is if, even if God had to raise Isaac out of the ashes, that's what Abraham got to. He said, hey, he said, me and the lad will turn and return. And Hebrews 11 tells us that he conceived Isaac in an image, meaning he was so convinced of the love of God and so convinced that God had a plan for him and that he'd be the father of many nations and convinced in God's character that, that this is going to happen. This is going to happen. He believed. Amen. He believed in he the, believed. his innermost being. Hallelujah. And now we've got the word of God. And there are so many love scriptures. I mean, we could be here till Jesus comes back. Jeremiah 31, 3. I want you to look at this. It says, the Lord appeared from of old to me, Israel, saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Amen. Everlasting. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn you and continued my faithfulness to you. God loves us with an everlasting love. You cannot escape or get away from his love. I want you to look at Psalms 139, <clears throat> verses 7 through 10 in the Amplified. <clears throat> it says, where can I go from your spirit? You can say, where can I go from your love? Or where can I flee from your presence? We know that God is love. If I ascend up into the heaven, you are there. And if I make my bed in Sheol... Is that how you say it? Yeah. Um, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning or dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall your hand lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Jesus receives and welcomes us. There's a scripture in Luke. I want you all to turn there. Luke 15. This is really interesting to me because they're getting mad at him. The Pharisees are mad at him and they're saying, why do you hang out with all the sinners? You hang out with the wicked sinners. In Luke 15, four through seven. <clears throat> it says, what man of you, if he has a hundred sheep, should lose one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness, in the desert and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his own shoulders, rejoicing. And when he gets home, he summons together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my sheep that was lost. Isn't that awesome? It says, Thus I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one, one especially wicked person who repents, who changes his mind. Do you know that sheep took off? Have y'all ever left God? Have you ever stepped away from God? Do you know that he pursues you? He pursues you. He looks for you. I was telling Justin, I know 
there's been times in my life where I've turned away from God. And a lot of times we'll equate God's love with our parents' love or the way somebody else loved us. And I don't know if you had parents that if you disappointed them, they would tell you, go to your room. I can't stand to look at you right now. I'm so disappointed with you. Has that ever happened to anybody but me? Yeah. Because, I mean, and, or has that ever happened to you and your children where you're like so upset? You're like, oh, you've got to leave. You just got to go to the other room for a minute. But, you know, God, that's not how God loves us. I told Justin, I said, I, I truly felt him closer when I was running the hardest and the fastest. He pursues us. He loves us so much. It says in John 15, 13, that he laid down his life for us to be free Amen. and to be forgiven. Forgiven. We don't have to live in torment or fear every time we fail. You know, we only have one accuser, and that's not God. That's the devil. It says that God is love, and his love casts out fear and torment in 1 John 4, 16 through 18, because of time we don't have to go there. But God never leaves, and he never moves away. He's so faithful. But we have to believe. There was a story in Mark 9, 24, um, where there was a father that was wanting to get his son free from a demon. And the disciples had prayed for him and couldn't do it. And Jesus shows up and Jesus asks him, do you believe I can do this? And he says, I believe. And then he says, help my unbelief. You know, you can be at a place where you kind of believe that God loves you. You're, quite, you're not quite sure. But I want your prayer tonight, even before we leave, to be, help me to know your love more. Just give him that. Just say, I want to believe more. I want to have more faith in your love. I want, show me. And we all know that if you're here, you're hearing the word of God and faith comes through what? Hearing the word of God. So you're in the right place. I wrote down this prayer because this is my prayer. I said, I relinquish my mind, my flesh, and my emotions, Lord, and I receive your word tonight, which brings faith in my spirit where it will take root and bear eternal transforming fruit in my life. Yeah. And that's, that's my, my prayer for all of us. Now, what stops people from believing? We talked about it already. It could be hurts from the past. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's interesting that the people that hurt you are the ones that are closest to you. Usually people are going to get hurt in a church where they're going to be, get hurt by someone who told them that they loved them. Um, and it'll cause guilt and shame. There's insecurities or low self-esteem, but there's also one thing that keeps people from believing the love of God is lack of knowledge. They don't go to the word. They don't look, they don't study love. You know, Joyce Meyer wrote a book on revolution, love revolution, love revolution. Do you know that it did not sell? Nada. All her books go to the top, except for that one. Why? Because we think we understand God's love. We really do. She changed the, the title of it. I think she changed the title to it, um, How to Love the Unlovable or something like that. But 
We have to be able to believe God's love in order for that love to work on the inside of us. You know, he never, God didn't hold anything back. He gave Jesus, mm -hmm. right? Right. Now, unbelief will harden your heart. Okay, you can have doubt, and doubt just means that you don't know, right? A reasonable doubt, right? Because there's not enough evidence. But there's evidence here. And if you think about it, God's never left you. His mercies are, are new every morning, every morning. And a lot of times what we'll do is we'll harden our heart because of fear. Um, and I believe a lot of us have been there where we think we're protecting ourselves. And that, but it's interesting that when, have, has anybody ever understood what it means whenever your heart is hardened? It talks about it in Ezekiel. It says, I will give you a heart of flesh, a, f a heart that will respond to God. But a lot of times the very thing that we're protecting our heart from, because we've said, we make a vow and we say, I'll never be hurt like that again. Has anyone ever said that? No man will ever hurt me. No woman will ever hurt me that way again. And you harden your heart. But do you know what you're doing? You're actually, the thing that you're trying to protect yourself from is the very thing that you need. Because it's God's love that softens our hearts. That'll heal your heart. That's a, and, and God loves through people. Mm -hmm. I never thought I could be loved like this man loves me, but he loves me with God's love and that love healed me. Amen. You know, it's God's love through people. Amen. I mean, you can't love God and not love people. Right. That just, I, that blows my mind when people say, oh, I love God, I love God, but then they hate people. It's like, wait a minute, that, that doesn't make any sense. But healing came. Healing came when I, when I softened my heart and I allowed God to love me and to heal me and he brought him into my life. Amen, that a, I like that. I like that. that. Good. <laughs> but vice versa as well. <clears throat> Same here. Um, Deuteronomy 36, 30 verse 6, it says to live in the kingdom, which we've been talking about seeking God's kingdom first or to live the kingdom life, there needs to be a breaking away. It's talking about a circumcision. But I believe that God really wants to do a circumcision of our heart where we break out of fears or mindsets um, because we've been disappointed in our past. And a lot of times we'll, we, we'll be deceived. I'll tell you what, fear can deceive you because you think, well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so, so I must be okay. I'm here at church, aren't I? You could sit here and you can actually have a hardened heart and not be, nothing get through. I, I think I had a youth pastor that talked about a hardened heart and he, he got a, a pin and he had a callus here and he started to poke himself and that needle or that pin went all the way through and he couldn't feel it. That's what a hardened heart does. It's like, I can't feel a thing. You're not going to hurt me. But then again, God can't touch me. God can't penetrate a hardened heart. There has to be a cutting away. And we're the only ones that can do that mm -hmm. and make ourselves vulnerable again. I, I experienced some hurt, some very deep hurt as a little girl. 
And I didn't realize I had hardened my heart. And it was really interesting. I told Justin, I said, it happened during Valentine's. I used to be this happy-go-lucky little girl, loved Valentine's, loved getting all my Valentine's and loved love. I mean, just loved it. And then someone hurt me. And I, then I was ashamed. And I went into a protective mode. And I was still saved, but I wasn't receiving healing for that hurt. I hardened my heart. But I didn't know I had, but it changed me. I could tell people God loves you, but somehow I couldn't believe that God loved me because he had allowed that. But it was unspoken. I never said it, but it changed me. It totally changed me. And I was telling Justin, we had a, a Valentine's banquet. How many of y'all remember Big John Hall? Enormous man, huge man, down in South Texas. He went down there to Kingsville and he did a Valentine's banquet for us. And he spoke on God's love and he spoke on Jesus' crucifixion and what he went through. And I'd never heard it the way he said it. It was so, he was so descriptive and it was, I mean, I just cried to think that Jesus laid down his life for me and that God had given him up for me. And, and it was at that moment, I believe, I pulled back some of that off of my heart and said, okay, God, I want to know your love more. And then it was, Several weeks later, actually, no, it was a year later at Valentine's, um, a man came and spoke. And you know how those men that, that can read your mail? You hid from one. I got in line. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. And he, he held my hands and he said, I believe I was 16 or 17. He says, you're a beautiful young lady. And I remember him saying that and holding my hands and I was so uncomfortable. I'm like, oh my gosh. He goes, and as I'm telling you this, something inside is just like, you can't receive it. You can tell other people that God loves them. He was reading my mail. And he said, somebody's hurt you. And I just broke down. I didn't realize that God, I wasn't allowing him to love me. I couldn't believe in that love because of something that somebody else had done. And that there was a change from then on a transformation. There was a healing that took place. I was able to love like God loved because I received that love. Amen. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, fear will cause us to make excuses and it'll cause a greater chasm of deception because we refuse to believe and have faith in his love and in his word. You'll hear yourself saying this when you know you're in deceived and in fear. You say, yes, I know, but. Yes, I know God loves me, but. Yes, I, you know what that sounds like? That sounds like a goat. That's a goat's response. But, but, but. Then you're unwilling to be his sheep. Do you remember his sheep? The ones that hear his voice. The ones that are loved perfectly by him. The ones that are found by him. Mm -hmm. So there has to be a surrendering of, on our part. Yeah. Amen. Now, fear is torment. And the Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. Fear is torment. Fear is panic. Fear is terror. Now, Galatians 5, 6, that faith works, says that faith works by love. No, faith is the opposite of fear. We know that, right? 
Fear is gonna cause you to stay, to put your brakes on, to say, and, and you know when you put your brakes on, when you say, uh-uh, I'm not getting hurt again. Do you know that that's, that's not progression? This is the year of progression. This is the year of advancement. Yeah. This is the year. So this message tonight, I need you to hear the Holy Spirit because he's the teacher and I know he's speaking to your spirits. Yes. It's a night to become vulnerable. It's a night to peel away and go, God, I want, I want a heart of flesh. I want to feel again because I trust you. Love trusts. Love trusts. You have to trust God. Amen. You don't know what he's protected you from because that certain thing didn't happen Amen. or did happen. God knows the end from the beginning. You have to trust him. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Did you have something? We <laughs> 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 <You> know. <laughs> I'll let you talk. Well, with the perfect love casts out fear in uh, Zephaniah. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. It says, in that day, it shall be said to Jerusalem, do not fear, Zion. Let not your hands be weak. The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one, will save you. Thank you. And he will rejoice over you with gladness. Mm -hmm. Then it says this, he will quiet you with his love. And he will rejoice over you with singing. So he tells them not to fear, but then he tells them that he'll quiet you with his love. See, you have to allow him to draw you into his presence. You have to allow him to let you draw him into his word. And when we face different things in life, you have to understand that the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. First Peter Peter 5 in verse 5 through 7, it tells us where it says, casting the whole of our care upon him. Why? Because he cares for us. The whole aspect of casting the care upon him because he careth for you. We cast the care upon him. Why? Because he cares. He doesn't want you carrying the care. He doesn't want you carrying the worry. He doesn't want you carrying the hurt. He doesn't want you carrying the disappointment. He doesn't want you carrying the things that you were never meant to carry. But before that, he tells us that we have to humble ourselves and it says that, that he exalts us. And it talks about the grace of God and that he cares for each one of us. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amplified says he cares for you affectionately and cares for you watchfully. He cares for you. That phrase in the Greek means it matters. You matter to him. When it says cast every care upon him because he cares for you, that whole phrase, he cares for you, you matter. You matter to him. Pastor Phil, your life matters. Everyone's life matters. He cares for us. You matter. That's why we're to cast the care because if we're casting the care, then what what we're doing, if we're not casting the care, then the thing is, is we're holding on to it. That's it. If we're holding on to the hurt, then the thing is, is we're not in faith that he has the ability to get us to the other side of it. That's it. Casting every care upon him because he cares for us. Go to Second Samuel. Second so Samuel twenty-two. Thank you, Father. And I want us to. I want to deposit it in us over these next couple minutes. A revelation of what the mercy of God is. Amen. Thank you, Lord. The mercy of God. 
Let me ask you a question. Are you a child of God? Second Samuel 22, verse 47 says, The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. Let God be exalted, the rock of my salvation. It is God who avenges me and subdues the people under me. He delivers me from my enemies. That, that sounds like a man who knows his God. Mm-hmm. That's, this sounds like a person of faith, a person that knows it doesn't matter what I'm facing. This is my God. My God is a rock. So let God be exalted. He's the rock of my salvation. It's the God who avenges me. So a God who avenges me, he's not, he's not, he's not glorifying the enemy. That's right. He's glorifying the God that will avenge him from his enemies. I don't avenge myself. No, for sure. He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise up against me. You have delivered me from the violent man. Now look at verse 50. Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. Hallelujah. 51, he is, he is the tower of salvation. Amen. I love how, why, I'm glad it doesn't say he is a tower of salvation. He says he is the tower of salvation. If he was a tower of salvation, then there could be another tower, another mm-hmm. tower, and another tower. But when he is the, when he's the, meaning it's singular, meaning there's not another tower. There's not another place that you could run to. He is the tower of salvation. Now get this. He is the tower of salvation to his king and shows mercy to his anointed. Hallelujah. He shows mercy. So he is the tower of salvation to his king, and he reveals mercy to his anointed. Thank you, Father. Now get this, to David and his descendants forever. So this isn't just talking about David, but now he's talking about Jesus. And if he's talking about Jesus, he's talking about me. So, so now David in his praise and David in, in his praise that he's making declarations of God in his revelation of the love of God, he's saying God is the tower of my salvation and he is going to show me his mercy. You, now, I, I wrote this down in one translation. It says he is a tower. Uh, he is the tower of salvation for his king. Now get this. And he constantly constantly reveals mercy to his anointed. Thank you, Father. He's constantly wanting to reveal his mercy to you. When you wake up tomorrow morning, you know what he wants to do? He wants to reveal his mercy to you. When you lay your head down at night and and you may rehearse some things that happened in the day, even though they could have been negative things, he wants to reveal his mercy about that situation. You may have an un- unexpected thing. You're happening, something that might happen tomorrow, a, a business meeting or, or uh, something with an employee and, and you're like kind of frustrated about it. And you're not sure how to come out, but, but God wants you to, re- he wants to reveal his mercy to you in that situation and in that circumstance. He's constantly revealing his mercy. He's constantly revealing his mercy. Pastor Annette talked about Jeremiah 31, how he draws us with his love. He draws us with his love, meaning this is something that he's always constantly doing. 
Every time that you get into this word, I'm telling you, love is speaking back to you. Love is speaking back to you about what you're, what's going on and what you're facing, what's happening with your children, what's going on. Love is speaking to you. Amen. Why? Amen. Because he's constantly revealing his mercy to his anointed and to David and to his seed forever. It's his seed forever. His seed forever. Wow. I'm telling you, I don't know about you, but I am going to, I am made a decision that I will be a lifelong learner of love. Yes. That's good. A lifelong learner of love. Hallelujah. You'll never get to a point where you, you've known completely the love of God. The love of God. Do you want to jump in real quick? Or you... Well, the more you learn about God's love, the more you'll love others. And in 1 John 5.18... It says, we know absolutely that anyone born of God does not deliberately and knowingly practice committing sin. That means unbelief. But the one who has begotten of God carefully watches over and protects, protects him. Christ's divine presence within him preserves him against the evil and the wicked one does not lay hold. He cannot get a grip on him or touch him. So the very thing that we think we're protecting ourselves from, if we enter into God's love, if we can believe God's love for us and love others the way he loves us, the devil can't yeah. touch you. Amen. That, it's like a ring of fire around you. He can't, he can't penetrate that. It's Christ in you. It's the spirit of God on the inside of you working. Amen. You know how it says if they slap you, your right cheek it says to turn the cheek it says if it takes your shirt if a, someone takes your shirt give them your coat it means that when we're loving others the way God loves us the enemy has no hold on us we become slippery to him in that goal and when you understand and, and the reason being he preserves us he preserves us is because if we understood mercy if we, if we truly understood mercy. Mercy shown, mercy given. There's three, there's three elements that make mercy, mercy in Scripture. And this is what you need to get a hold of because this, was gonna cha this will change your paradigm of understanding the word love in, mercy, in, in the word mercy. One, mer for mercy to mercy, the very word of it is covenanted loyalty. Good. Covenanted loyalty. In the Old Testament, the word mercy is hasid, and it is a covenant love. New Testament word would be agape. So this love, it's, first of all, you have to see mercy from God's perspective. One, when God says, I will have mercy over them. God is saying, I'm in covenant I have a covenant loyalty towards you, Courtney. That's it. So anytime you see the word from here on out, every single one of us, and you see the word mercy, immediately I want you to think is God is forever loyal. Amen. It's covenant. Mercy, first of all, is covenanted loyalty. It's good. It's not loyal 
with conditions. Right. It's covenanted loyal. It doesn't know anything else but to be loyal. That's good. That's the mercy of God, covenanted loyalty. And, and, and you say, well, Pat, where do you get that from? Because if you look at anytime you see mercy in the Old Testament, you're going to see another word in the same scripture 95% of the time. And the word that you're going to see in the same chapter or in the same set of verses is going to be the word faithful. Hmm. What about Psalms 136? It's one of those chapters you read it and it's kind of like you started, and his mercy endures forever. Hmm. And his mercy endures forever. 26 chapter, 26 verses. And loving kindness and his mercy. 26 verses. 26 verses in every verse. God made the sun and the moon and the stars. And his mercy, mercy endures forever. And he did this. And his mercy <laughs> endures forever. And he does this. And his mercy endures forever. And he does this. And his mercy endures forever. And he does this. And his mercy endures forever. It's something enduring forever, meaning it's never going to stop. It's everlasting. It's always happening. It's always going on. And that's how his love is towards you. That's how he is. You know, if you go to Psalms 89, Psalms 89. In this whole chapter, you can read it later, but it's the first verses. Does it say? It says, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. Now get this, and with my mouth will I make known your faithfulness to all generations. In Deuteronomy 4, 31, it talks about the merciful God, and it says he doesn't fail or forget his covenant. Go to Lamentations. Lamentations 3, 19. Actually, verse 20 says, My soul still remembers and sinks within me. And then Jeremiah says this, This I recall to my mind. So my soul still remembers and sinks within me. What does the enemy try to get your soul to remember? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. See, this is like cast every care upon me because he cares, because he cares for me. That's that. And here, Jeremiah, in this lamentation, it says, my soul still remembers and sinks within me. I mean, every time I think about this, my soul goes backwards. Every time I remember how Come they on. did me wrong, my, yeah. I, just, I just sink down. Every right. time, I can't, I, I can't believe they did that to me. I can't believe that that happened. I can't yeah. believe it worked out this way. I can't right. believe the that the enemy makes you, wants, to, wants you to sink down. He says, my soul That's sinks it. down within me. But then verse 21 says, this I recall to my mind, mm -hmm. therefore have I hope. An expectation. Meaning even though I, that I'm, I, that, that's the enemy's trying to get me to go there, Come on. I'm going to think on this. That's so good. Verse 22 says, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed Woo! because his compassions fail not. not. If they fail not, that's faithfulness. That's it. They are new every, every morning. morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good 
that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. That is so good. So for mercy to be mercy, they have to have covenanted loyalty. And I don't have time to unpack these three things, but the second thing that love has to have is when you see mercy is, is God's readiness to respond. Mercy, mercy is covenanted loyalty, Devorah. And it's also knowing God's readiness to respond. You know when God wants to show up? Right now. Right now. (laughs) He's always ready. God's mercy. When we talk about God's mercy, you, you also have to talk about that he's, he's ready to show up. He's ready to respond. He's ready to, he's ready to go into action. He's ready to, he's ready to meet the need. He's ready to comfort the heart. He, he's, he's ready. He's ready to respond. Amen. And what's our posture for him to respond? Amen. It's faith. Mm-hmm. Believing. And the last thing is, it is a steadfast love. Amen. So the first, first word, first, first part of mercy is it's covenanted loyalty. Secondly, it's mercy. The love of God is knowing he's ready to respond. And the last one is it's steadfast love. It, meaning it doesn't move. Amen. Steadfast. Unmovable. That's the mercy of God. The mercy of God. It's steadfast. He's loyal, ready to respond, and steadfast. Thank you, Father. Thank you, you, Jesus. Let me close with this. Hallelujah. In Jude 1, when you look throughout the miracles that Jesus did, and you look when it said he was moved with compassion, and you see all those times, what, what you're seeing is you're seeing God's faithfulness towards man. You're seeing his readiness to respond. Amen. And you're seeing his steadfast love in operation. Close with this thought. Jude 1, 20. It says, but you, beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith, Thank you, praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, verse two, 21, keeping yourselves keeping yourselves. This is what we have to do. When you're praying in the spirit, keeping yourself, keeping yourself. It's not me keeping you. It's not your spouse keeping you. It's you keeping yourself. Can I say something? Mm -hmm. Mine says guard and keep. And when I see the word keep, it means obey to me. It means obey keeps his promises. It means obeys his promises, is true to his promises. So guard and keep yourselves in the love of God. That love of God is going to guard you when you keep it, when you believe it, when you act on it. And then it says you can expect and patiently wait for the mercy of the Lord. So keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy. That's it. Expecting it. Looking for the mercy. Looking for his faithfulness. Looking for his readiness to respond. And looking for his steadfast love. Mm, That's good. Keep yourself in the love of God. Looking for the mercy. God, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I'm looking for your, I'm expecting your mercy. 
Because you're faithful. Because you're faithful. You're loyal. You've made a covenant, covenanted loyalty towards me, God. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There's nothing in the natural world that we could truly, fully compare the love of God to. Father, we just thank you for your word tonight, and we just thank you that we would forever grow in this revelation of your love for us. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Mm. Keeping us in the love of God, looking for the mercy. Amen. Looking for the mercy. And it tells us up until eternal life, meaning this is something that we do every day. Mm-hmm. It says until, up till eternal life, we're doing this every day, I'm looking for your mercy. Looking for your mercy. Every day, Lord, I'm looking for your mercy towards me and through me. Every day, Lord, I'm looking. Every day, I'm looking. Every day, I'm expecting. Thank you, Lord. To grow in this love yes. and to release this love. Every day. That's every right. day, Lord. Yes, Lord. As Pastor Annette said, just this obedience to, just to, to be love, to love others. That's it. To be obedient, just to be in your perfect will for Amen. our lives, Lord. To show your covenant kindness, Father. We make ourselves available to you, Father, to show your unconditional love yes, as you've Lord. loved us. Praise you, Father. Mm. Thank you, mm. Father. Just stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Mm. Just give yourself a hug. Mm. Mm. Valentine's hug. Oh, Father, I thank, <laughs> thank you, Lord, Lord, for just, you just wrap your arms. Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Holy Spirit, wrap your arms around every individual here. Wrap your arms around those that are home, those maybe dealing with sickness, laying in bed, those that experience disappointment. Just right now, just the tangible glory of God would rest upon them right now. Every person here, every person watching, listening. to just an increased revelation of your faithfulness, Lord. Your faithfulness is tied to your mercy. You can't separate faithfulness from mercy and mercy from faithfulness. They they go hand in hand because the whole reason there's faithfulness is because of mercy. Mm. And the whole reason of mercy is because faithfulness. My prayer is that you would go in the strength tonight. Amen. That you would go in the strength of his mercy. Yes, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you receive these words tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you for your faithfulness. Praise you, Father.